I think everybody's wrapped up their prayer time. That's good. Let's uh, grab our Bibles. And let's go to Psalm 119. As you're turning to Psalm 119, I want to read a verse over here. And uh, Matthew and Mark, these are parallel verses. Uh, in Matthew 22, you can find it in verse 37 and 38. If you want to write those down on your paper, you can. But in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verses 29 to 31. We know that wholeheartedness is mentioned in the New Testament. We, we could read about it in Matthew 22. Let me read about it in Mark 12, verses 29 uh, to 31 here. Jesus is answering some of the scribes that are wondering, uh, which is the first commandment of all? You see that at the end of verse 28 there of, Mac, of Mark 12. So starting in verse 29, Jesus answers him and says, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel. I always thought that was fascinating. The very first of all the commandments is for you and I to listen. <laughs> Hear. That's the very first part of all the commandments. Listen to me, Jesus is saying. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And then he gives us this wholehearted concept in verse 30. He says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That's wholeheartedness. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And then he says in verse 31, the second is like that, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Well, tonight we're going to look at wholeheartedness, just from one book of the Bible, Psalm 119. And we're going to start in verse number 2. So go to Psalm 119. And we'll start in just a second. In verse number 2. Where it says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. I'm going to give you six verses that have this phrase, whole heart, within the verse. Okay? But before I do that, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you a definition and a couple other things up there where it says intro and definition. i got to have the scribbling. I knew you liked the scribble of the class. Let's pray first. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I believe that people who come to church on Wednesday night really want to serve you wholeheartedly and help us to see the echo of this truth through Psalm 119. Lord, we are certainly living in a day where a lot of Christians are only part-time in their Christian walk. And Lord, I pray that you would develop within us a wholehearted concept, that we would not forget it and that we could bring honor and glory to your name through following you and learning about you and loving you with our whole heart, not just a part of it, but our whole heart. You work tonight in ways that only you can by your Holy Spirit's power, and we'll give you the praise, the honor, the glory, thanks. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Now, you would think a word like whole, W-H-O-L-E, you wouldn't have to go to a dictionary to look up a word because you already know what it means, right? Well, go to the dictionary anyway. That's what my English teacher always said. Go to the dictionary anyway. But uh, here's what I found out. It, it's quite a lengthy, there's a, this is just a cheap 
uh, desktop Webster's Dictionary. I keep one by my recliner at home because a dictionary is a very valuable tool to have when you study the Word of God. Uh, 1828 Webster's is, is really good to have, but that's such a big, heavy book, I can't carry it around anymore. So, uh, But a dictionary is real helpful. Here's what it says about whole. Whole means to be healthy. If you're a wholehearted Christian, you're going to be spiritually healthy. Good word. It means sound. You'll have sound doctrine that you live by. It means a you are free of defects. When you're whole, you don't have a lot of defects. And uh, when you're half-hearted, you probably have some defects in your life. So pray about this wholeheartedness. It also means sincere. It also means undivided in purpose. I like that definition. If you're a wholehearted person, you're undivided in purpose. Now, wholeheartedness is a worthwhile goal, and we should, number one, be praying for it in our own lives, and we should reach for it. Now, I understand, and you understand, that we're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven. I get that. But we should have goals. We should, we should be setting the bar a little higher each year. We should love the Lord more this year than we did last year, fundamentally because we're close to have, closer to heaven, and we're closer to his rapture. And with all the preaching and all the sermons and all the Bible studies, we, we should know more. We, we should be closer to him this year than we were last year. And next year, you should be closer to him than you are this year, especially if you're wholehearted. So it's a good goal. I strive for it all the time, and I pray for it. We have not because we ask not. So just say, Lord, make me wholehearted. I want to be healthy. I want to be sound. I want to be free of defects. I want to be sincere. I want to be undivided in my spiritual purposes. Pray that way. Even preachers strive for this in their lives. So let's get started. Now, if you want to guess ahead, you can go ahead and guess if you want. All these words start with the letter S. I'm going back to my alliterated thing because I have fun alliterating things. Uh, I probably told you this, but when I go to hy V, I I even alliterate my grocery list, okay? Pepsi, popcorn, pretzels, you know, I do that. Maybe you don't, but I do, okay? I like that. That's fun, okay? <laughs> Lynn helped me out because if I have three, if I have three grocery items that start with the letter S, she'll come up with a fourth one. Starbucks, okay? <laughs> okay, let's start here. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. That's the first time we see it. The whole heart. I'm so impressed with the kids' choir that we have every Sunday morning in Sunday school class especially when they sing the obedience song. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Obedience is so important, and we need to be obedient with a whole heart. Blessed are they that keep his testimony. That's what obedience is all about, okay? And uh, we seek, we seek him with the whole heart. Uh, in our seeking, it's vital that we're hungry. And you probably don't think about praying for this, but I, I pray often, Lord, keep me hungry. Because if I'm not hungry on Sunday morning when I come to church, I'm going to be like Jeremy even and fall asleep, okay? No, Jeremy doesn't. But if I'm not hungry 
If I'm not hungry for the Word of God when I come to Sunday school and church, it is easy to doze off. I mean, even the best person can doze off. But pray for hunger, because in our hunger, we actually seek seek the Lord with our whole heart. Now, try to feed a kid try to feed a kid who's not hungry. You know, when kids are like 10 years old, they eat everything. They're just eating all the time. Seems like they're hungry all the time because they're growing. And sometimes when we get older, we, we stop growing up and we start, we start getting shorter. And we start going this way instead of this way. And, and, and we're, not, we're not as hungry when we get older. Food, food is not as pleasing to us as when we're younger. Everything tastes good when you're young. But when you get older, your taste buds are, you know, they're wearing out and dying. And, but you have to pray for hunger in God's Word. And if you pray for hunger, then you can seek Him. And you can shine in obedience. I give you that word shine. A whole heart is one that shines in obedience. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 10 of Psalm 119. Verse 10 of Psalm 119. With my whole heart. There it is again. With, I, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. It's very important. A whole heart is one that seeks God's truth for every need. We seek his truth like gold. Uh, my wife has some jewelry, and it's some of the jewelry has gold in it. And she hides it, and I've tried diligently to find it. I haven't found it yet, but when I find it, I might run away. <laughs> but she's... Uh, that's the way we're supposed to look for God's Word, like, like it's gold. Now, we're not supposed to hide it so far that we can't find it, but we're supposed to hide it like a treasure. We're supposed to seek after God's truth, like we would seek after gold. Uh, I don't know what gold is an ounce. I think I used an illustration last Wednesday. It's about, anybody know what the price of gold is an ounce here? About $1,800 an ounce, something like that. All I know is a $20 gold piece is worth a lot of money if you got one, okay? You can give it to me for Christmas. I'd love that. But we need to seek God's truth like gold. And we need to pray that we don't wander from his commandments. It's so easy to wander. As soon as you leave the church tonight, the devil's salesmen are going to be out there trying to get you to wander from truth, trying to get you to wander into error, trying to get you to wander into sin. Don't listen to those salesmen. Just stay close to God. Don't wander from him. That's verse 10. Verse uh, 34, just a page over from where you're at. I entreated thy favor. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Okay? A whole heart is one that submits. Number three is one that submits to God's truth regularly. We need to submit to God's truth so we can understand what's going on. You know, I don't understand everything that's happening in this world, but I understand some of it. And the only reason I understand some of it is because God's word has helped me understand some of it. Okay? We get understanding when we submit to his truth on a regular basis. And we observe uh, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Whoops, I'm reading verse 58. I wanted verse 34. Sorry, class. If you're mad at me, say amen. 
Okay, two, two people are mad at me, okay? I'm sorry, I misled you there. 34, give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Okay, and the reason I missed that was because the, the verses are similar. Okay, that's why I missed that. So we submit in verse, in number three here, and in number four, since I already gave that away, uh, the word is strengthen, strengthen. A whole heart is one that is strengthened by God's mercies. <coughs> so in verse number 58, where I misled you earlier, I entreated thy favor. The idea here is that we pray for God's approval. You know, when I was a little kid, I liked to, for some strange reason, my dad was really, really messy in the garage. And if I wanted to go camping or if I wanted to go to the Dairy Queen, I found out that if I cleaned the garage, we were more apt to go camping and go to the Dairy Queen. But when I cleaned the garage, I was looking for my dad's favor. I was looking for my dad's approval. And you probably have done the same thing. Well, when we serve the Lord and when we walk with him, we should be looking for his favor. We should be seeking his approval. And we should be praying for his approval. And then watch the Lord work. And this is how he strengthens us. Number four, a whole heart is one that is strengthened by God's mercies. The last part of verse 58. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. You know, we read from another psalm, his mercies endure forever. God has a whole warehouse bigger than the bigger than the, uh, the one down in Sioux Falls. What's that big warehouse now that distributes stuff all over the country? Amazon? He's got a warehouse in heaven much bigger than Amazon. And that warehouse is full of his mercies. And we have not because we ask not. But you and I need mercy every single day. And some days we get up, we say, I don't need any mercy. The weather's fine. I feel good. I'm energetic. I'm going to forget God and go to work. Big mistake. Big mistake. Ask for his mercy for your day, and he will be merciful unto you, especially if you seek him with your whole heart. Number one is shines. Number two is seeks. Number three is submits. Number four was strengthened. Let's go to verse 69. And for this one, we want the word solidified. A whole heart is one that is solidified. Don't ask, don't ask me how to spell it because I probably spelled it wrong myself. But solid and then if I'd. Okay? Solidified. Verse 69. What does it say? <coughs> the proud have forged a lie against me. By the way, that's, that's one of our biggest enemies is pride. You know, most of us can recognize pride in other people but most of us can't recognize pride in ourselves. That's why the Lord gives us usually a mate. And if I asked my wife, was I proud when I said that? She'd say, yes, you were. And she'd say, make your own breakfast, okay? But that's, you know, we, we need other Christians to, to point out our pride because pride is an enemy that we need to guard against. The proud have forged a lie against. We don't fall in that category of pride because it's it's... It's a chief enemy of us as individuals, and we know it's not good in the church, so watch out for pride, okay? But uh, when we seek God with our whole heart, we're solidified by his precepts. He says, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. But we sing the song sometimes in church, on Christ the solid rock I stand. Well, that solid rock solidifies us as we keep standing in the Lord. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The wise man built his house upon a rock. It's so important that we allow God's word and his precepts 
and his statutes and his judgments to solidify us and make us as solid as the rock of Gibraltar. Number six is the word supplications. A whole heart is one of continual supplications. Look at verse 145. 145. <coughs> I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. Okay? Supplication means that we plead with God in a humble fashion. To supplicate means to beg for his mercies with tears. I cried with my whole heart. Uh, I hope some of you, you don't have to tell me about it and you don't have to confess it, but I hope you at least once a month cry through some of your prayers because boy, our country needs it and our church could use it and our, our neighbor that's lost, maybe he's lost because you've never wept over his soul. We, we need, God's people ought to be a crying people and we ought to be compassionate and our compassion is something that uh, the Lord approves of. Uh, Jesus wept. He set the example. We should supplicate. We should plead in a humble fashion and beg for his mercies and for his help. I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I promise you I will keep your statute. Fervent prayers are needed. Too many of us are expecting million-dollar answers to ten-cent prayers. We need some million-dollar prayers instead of ten-cent we need some people that are sometimes on occasion called to pray all night long. I tell you what, when your child or your mate is in in intensive care, we learn how to pray for hours on end. We learn to pray for day after day when the cancer is really bad. And these are things that develop our character. They're not easy, but these are the things that draw us closer to the Lord. And so we need to be wholehearted. A wholehearted person is one that shines in obedience. Verse 2, he seeks God's truth for every need. Verse 10, he submits to God's truth regularly. Verse 34, he is strengthened by God's mercies. Verse 58, he is solidified by God's precepts in verse 69. And he's continually supplicating. He's continually ushering up supplications. He's pleading for mercy in a humble fashion from the Lord. He has fervent prayers. Now, to conclude, let's go to verse 167 and see if this can be said of you. My soul, the psalmist says, hath kept thy testimony. Now, again, I mentioned this before. At the beginning of Psalm 119, it doesn't say that David was the author. And so you and I are left to try to figure out which of the leaders of Israel did God use to pen this? Some have suggested perhaps the priest Ezra. Some have suggested possibly Daniel. I think the majority of theologians and pastors would probably say that the footprints of David are throughout this psalm, and it was probably David. It really doesn't matter because the author is the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God wants us to serve him with a whole heart and he wants us to keep his testimonies with our soul, but he especially, the last part of verse 167, he wants us to love them, that's his testimony, his statutes, his precepts, his word, to love them exceedingly. 
So the question is, how much of your heart, how much of your heart really wants to know him? Do you love his testimonies exceedingly? Would be the last word there. And I'll let you answer that question on your own. Remember, we have plenty of part-timers. The need is for full-timers, whole-hearted Christians. Remember, your love for God's word should grow each year. Don't let Satan get out. Don't let Satan cancel your love relationship with the Lord. And uh, don't forget, we have not because we ask not. Pray and ask God to increase your love for his word, your love for his work, and your love for doing things his way. It's four minutes to eight. I got time just for one illustration. I heard this several years ago. I use it in several of the messages that I share. And I found it to be very helpful, and I hope you find it to be helpful as well. As well. A father had two sons. He was a Christian man. He loved the Lord. And he wanted his sons to love the Lord. And when his oldest son graduated, he was so impressed with the wholehearted spiritual growth of his oldest son that the dad gave him a new car. The son was so, he was in church, he was in the choir, he was tithing with his part-time job. The oldest son was just, he was looking for a Christian girl to date. I mean, he was doing everything right with a whole heart. And the dad responded by giving him a car at graduation. The second son was not so wholehearted. The second son was kind of half-hearted. He went to church, but he didn't really want to go. He gave a tithe out of his check from Hardy's, but he didn't really want to give the tithe. He wanted to keep it all for himself. The second son was half-hearted. So the father said, what am I going to do when he graduates? The father decided to give him a Bible when he graduated from high school in hopes that he would read the Bible and, and develop a whole heart. Well, when the second son, knowing that his older brother got a new car, when the second son got his Bible, he got mad. He got very mad. And he took the Bible and he said, <laughs> my brother gets a car and all I get is a And so he throws the Bible in the corner of his closet and leaves home. And he carried that bitterness and he harbored that jealous spirit towards his brother and his father for years. And uh, some years later, the dad dies. And the family is called home for the funeral. And this second son was wondering whether he should go home for the funeral or not. And so as he's going through his apartment, he's going in the closet and he finds this Bible that his dad gave him at graduation. And since his dad's funeral is in the is in the wind, he pages through the Bible and inside the Bible there's an envelope. And inside the envelope was a check for a new car. The father wanted him to get into God's word and find that. His dad was trying to teach him a life lesson. If you're wholehearted, God will supply the blessing. If you're half-hearted, you're going to miss out on some of those blessings. And uh, I just, I love Psalm 119. And I really love it when a verse, a wholehearted verse, is mentioned a half a dozen times. You know, there's seven more times in just Psalm 119 
when it talks about just the heart and how important the heart is. And so uh, don't miss it. I, my time is up, 30 seconds. I gotta be quiet because I'm only paid until eight o'clock. So I, I don't wanna go 